0: Good morning, everyone. This is the DOLW Podcast 3, and we are a group of uh, people in the Diocese of Lansing. We are a group of laity who have gotten together because of things that have happened that um, destroy church doctrine and church community within our diocese. And um, I'd like to dedicate this today, this podcast today, to some faithful men in the community who are Catholic men. They happen to be lawyers. They happen to have a heart for the poor and the disadvantaged. And um, I just want to say, I'd like to dedicate this to Mark Ross, Jean Myers, and Michael Katarski. They do such beautiful work in the community and uh, they have gotten guardians for people who who need guardians. Um, they, they've they just done so much, and they are tireless in their work. They go about it quietly. They're probably not even going to be happy that I mentioned their names, but I just feel like the type of work that Catholics do in the community, um, you know, kind of are saints of today. Not that they would ever want me to say that they were saints, but I'm just saying that... The work they do is um, some of the finest in the community. Okay, so with that, I want to talk to you. So the last podcast we did, we're reading um, a letter on how to write a letter to your bishop when something has gone awry in your your church, in your community, or you just need to use your voice because you see things in the, the larger church. That you're not happy about, and no one seems to want to talk to talk to you about it. First of all, I'd like to say, you know, we have we have our priests, and we we tend to hold them very high uh, in esteem, which which we should. We should pray for them. We should hold them high. But at the same time, we also need to remember that they are human. They are inclined to do evil. It's hard for us to think of our priests that way, but they are, and they can you know, they have, they have also upon them sins of pride, sins of power, you know, that those things come into play sometimes when um, we put them on such a high pedestal. You know, it's out there saying, don't put your priest on such a high pedestal, but pray for him. And I think that's, that's really important that we pray. But I also think that we have a duty, a duty to, to God, to uh, our faith, to our church. You know, Jesus came and said that, you know, we will do things and we will do things even more so. And he's speaking to all of us. So one of the important things that we we formed our group for is because we see wrongs, because wrong has happened to us, and um, there's been a misuse of power, and we do know it goes on around in in many churches. And with that, uh, we also, uh, you know, we are concerned with the number of Catholics that are leaving the faith. And uh, we wonder why. So we're offering here a way, number one, if you've left the church, come back. Come back and use your voice and speak what, why you left. What's missing? Is it missing in the formation? Is, is something missing that you've seen happen and you didn't feel like you could say anything? Well, we're here to tell you you can. And that our church is is rich in its teachings of things we can do. And the one thing we need to do is we definitely need to stand up, you know, and uh use your voice. And so with this, we're we're advocating to teach you how to write to your bishop. When something goes wrong, your voice is important. Uh O. V. Cruz in the book Call of the Lady teaches us how much uh It is important for the laity to wake up. You know, we have the uh, corruption in the church right now, and I think it, we think that many people have um, just become disillusioned with their faith. You know, they see wrongdoing in the government and they see wrongdoing in the government of the church, and they just throw up their hands and, like they say, it's just too big. It's too big, so let's, you know, what can you do? You know, well, you can do a lot. Voices speak a lot, and also not just your voice. But also, you know, your money, money that you put into the church and you see it being used to to fund um, maybe sexual uh, the sexual things going on with the priest and the homosexuals. Or you see it uh, being used unwisely for um, the higher ups to, you know, take take uh, trips and things that are unnecessary and and to fund uh, um, vacations that are ridiculous and you throw up your hands. You go, I I can't do this. I'm out of here. You know, this is just a big game. It's way more than a big game. It is your church. It is your faith. And there is so much we can do. If you stop the money from going there and you send your money and maybe in other places, like to the Philippines or, you know, we are to evangelize in Asia um, according to Fatima, you know, that is the third millennium. This, that is where we're at right now. There's plenty we can do with our money and, um, until we see change in this church. So, uh, what I want to say to you is don't give up. Don't walk out of your church, you know, join and speak, you know, start a podcast in your community, uh, when you've seen something go wrong. So today, uh, it's kind of fitting I think that uh the Bible the Bible uh verse the gospel verse today for uh today's readings for mass is um in Luke chapter 18 and I want to read that to you before we begin reading uh, our letter. Then he told them a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary he said there was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human being. And a widow in that town used to come to him and say, Render a just decision for me against my adversary. For a long time, the judge was unwilling, but eventually he thought, While it is true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being, because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her, lest she finally come and strike me. The Lord said, Pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done, for them speedily. But when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And I think this speaks volumes to what we are doing. Volumes to keep bothering your bishops. Don't stop using your voice. Your voice makes a difference. Your prayers make a difference. You know, and it talks about becoming weary. Yeah, sometimes you do become weary. Sometimes you do become tired in prayer but God is working. It's not you working. It's the Holy Spirit. You know, And God's time and our time are two different things. The point is to have faith and to continue using your voice. You know, that that King says, um, he says, while it is true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being, because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her, lest she finally come and strike me. And I think that that speaks volumes of why you keep bothering your bishops. Our Pope Francis, in a document, in a letter, tells us to bother our bishops. I don't know if it was in a homily, a letter, or what, but it's out there. You know, he said, don't stop bothering your bishops. Continue to bother, because exactly what Jesus is saying here. Don't become weary. Have faith. Okay, so with that, let's get on to, to um our letter. Um I know it's been, God, I looked at the date today and it was October twenty-eighth when I last read this. Well, I have to get get busy here on um making podcasts more important because these are these letters are just fantastic and they um are just oh I don't know, they're such a good tool in teaching you how to do this. Uh, how to write your letter, how to use your voice in such a way that you might see change by by uh, using your voice in this way. We have. So that's why we are recommending don't stop. Okay, so we're on page seven, and um, we left off with, you know, we ride with the Carmel Brand. And that was in the last section that we we uh, we read. You know, Carmelites are an order and they're known as an order of reform. Carmelites pray, Carmelites act. And uh, you know, if you have any doubt of what the Carmelites do, look it up, check out the history of the Carmelite order. It's a Mary's order and we, we pray faithfully, we pray the rosary um, every day. But we also in society as Carmelite, the secular Carmelite order and even in convents too, They're an order of reform. We're there to bother our bishops and to speak up. Okay, so page seven, we're reading, Your circumstance will not be worse than ours, and we have faith, and we stayed. Talking about us staying in the church. And just to refresh your memory, this whole chapter, chapter one, um, is putting love where there is no love. It's Order of Carmel Help and Hope series for the diocese. It goes on to say, instructions on use. Write your first letter to the bishop. We understand. Join us. We cannot promise fairness, but you will be putting love where there is no love. Okay. So your circumstance will not be worse than ours, and we have faith, and we stayed. So seeing your bishop, bishop as a devil, we fully intend to dress the bride in holiness. We, and we do that using our voice and addressing it to our bishop, who it is claimed is a devil. Whom we intend to sanctify and wash clean, turning the devil into a saint. Your bishop will not be worse than a devil. So, you know, what we mean here is like, you know, think of the worst thing that your bishop can be. And... um you know, in the Carmelite order, as Carmelites and as Catholics too, we are, you know, we are to put love where there is no love. And, uh, if there's correction needed, we do it with love. And the idea not to drive a stake through his heart or anything, but that he, that he needs correction. And he too is a man and he's inclined to do evil like the rest of us. We have to speak just like the woman in the Bible, uh, We don't stop. All right, so diocese as a cesspool. We are from Flint, Michigan, and we are entirely comfortable in our cesspool diocese. We have long experienced drinking and washing in water from the cesspool. This is nothing new in terms of a cross for us. Your diocese Circumstance will not be worse than our situation. We intend to purify our cesspool diocese and show you how it will work in your diocese. We as haters, our bishop is told we are haters. Your bishop will will be told you are many things. Just accept that criticisms will come with the territory. I'm gonna digress here. So we as haters, I want you know, we look at ourselves and um you know in uh, in our own church in our own parish where this where we were exiled from kicked out of is what I call it, you know put i guess say it like it is, we're kicked out of our church and uh told uh taken off of the ministries we were on and told not to be on the property because we spoke up, so you know people around you know that um you know. Put their priest up on a pedestal and see, and can only see what the priest is doing and what the priest is telling them, maybe don't see the clearer picture. And so you become haters with the staff, with the people around. And so we accept that. We accept that we've become haters. And I have to ask you this wasn't our Lord Jesus considered a hater? Think about that. Our collective diocesan circumstance of abuse will be at least comparable to yours. We have not left the church and we do not intend to leave. We feel we can do more, achieve more and feel more satisfied in staying and getting others to in staying and getting others to leave their ways of sin and come to the cross which leads home. We invite you to stay and join us in our efforts to reform and to sanctify ourselves and others. Annotation. Why why, devils, why devil? Why haters? The Persian messenger syndrome refers to a historical inclination for leadership to kill the messenger, to void the message. The modern similitude to the reality is to avoid the message by focusing on the character of the messenger. John the Baptist lost his head to this policy. The message of truth John the Baptist brought to the king and the king's court was that it was wrong to take your brother's wife. To avoid the reality of the message, the pain of the message, the messenger was killed and with his death came hope. A hope that the truth of the Baptist message, the guilty feeling, the pain of knowing you are falsified, a structure of reality, by sinning and taking your brother's wife, all that would also die with the Baptist. The Carmel Advantage to Considering Your Bishop as a Devil. Hold on, guys, i got to take a little drink here. I get very dry when I talk. All right. Carmel has a long history of dealing with evil and devils, who are the agents of evil. Carmel has a capacity to sanctify, to heal, and bring a dead bishop to life. So when your starting point is an evil bishop and you can inflame him with the love of truth and a love for God and God's people, then and there you have restored a damaged structure of reality, restored community between God and the soul, and fixed at one level the loss of truth in terms of the illuminative luster of a bishop. Once black as coal, now shining like a star in the night sky oh, boy that's powerful right there that really strikes me as speaking of what carmel really does and why it's so hard why it's so important to put love where there is no love and love does not mean the gushy huggy kissy kind of thing it means just like with our children moms and dads just like when there's correction needed even though it it's hard for a parent to, you know, punish their child, and you know, you know, take something away or whatever it might be, and you know your child is suffering, but you also know that it's going to help him grow in the end. It's the same thing here with the bishop. Um, you know, we need to point out the wrongdoing. Not all the capacity to turn a devil bishop into a... Not all have the capacity to turn a devil bishop into a saint. Focus on the sin, not the sinner. Once the haters come to you as a watcher, you can orient them to the facts by saying we all admit he is a devil. Now let us get on with the message. What did he, our bishop, do wrong? Let's not focus on his labels and litany of wrongs. Others do that quite quite well, but let's focus on the particular facts at hand. What brought you to us in the, in the instance? Focus on potentiality. Longitudinal axis. Acorn to oak tree. Let's again assume he is a devil bishop. As an acorn, he may have been in, the, in mud and associated with pigs. As an oak tree, what relevance is it for us in the instance to consider the past as acorn with pigs? Again, what is the immediate concern you have about the bishop? Carmel Care Note Church Militant and Voris focus on the clergy sexual abuse. Hitchborn and Lepanto Institute focus well on clergy financial abuse. Life News focuses well on the culture of death and abortion. John of the Cross would inventory what others are doing. And then attempt to work in an area that seems to be neglected. Above all, do what God wills you to do. If you are not certain what God wants you, have several options. Then do that which requires more love from you, since in the end, you will be tested in love. This love is not the Candy Crush love, but the love and humility for truth. With the penitent, I'm uh, sorry, with the pertinence and kindness that is willing to endure all things, including the willingness to correct and discipline a bishop. So we just finished page 8, going to page 9, in this chapter 1. We're going to continue on with the Carmel Care Note. Mystical diagnosis, Carmel as doctor, nurse, or assistant. Church as battlefield, hospital and clergy, and staff as many things. In your writing, Bishop, clergy and staff can be patients, medical or mental patients. They can be the incompetent hospital management. They can be incompetent physicians and nurses making medical errors leading to a death. A hospital with full capacity that looks good to the outsiders, but the death rate inside the hospital is 30 to 50 percent. Our medical director is Dr. Therese, the little flower, and she reminds us that, in my little way, there are only ordinary things. Little souls must be able to do all that I do. The attribution, the Reverend R. garrigou Lagrange, O.P., who was a teacher of St. John Paul II, and we believe was on the doctoral dissertation committee awarding St. John Paul II, his doctorate, which was one of two, he was awarded and never able to receive because he lacked the money to have his dissertation properly presented to committee in a bound version. So when the patients make fun of you that you are stupid or lack degrees, you remind the patients you are writing about, most of them lacked something and probably was brain cells, a lack which would disqualify them from even disgracing, from even gracing the lecture rooms of this towering intellectual giant who quotes your little Therese, you remind them of their past. So tell them, were you and your boss excluded from the lecture halls of the intellectual giants of the church, such as and place a prominent name here? That's pretty compelling. I have to take a drink, folks. Carmel care note. St. Teresa would remind the devil when when he reminded her of her past sin, she would remind him of his future, a future without God. So it is nonsense for your patients to remind you of your past in order to cover up for their present life of sin and their future intent on destroying community and doctrine. That Carmel Care note there uh, about St. Teresa, that's St. Teresa of Avila. Carmel Care note, gratitude. Show it for your patients that cooperate with you. The Brazilian Padre Alexander, we thank you. One of the few to offer us hope, support, and affirmation with a few kind words. Carmel Care note. John of the Cross reminds us, Put love where there is no love, and you will get love back. This doctor, whose teachings were labeled a teaching magisterium by St. John Paul II, had a desire to die unknown and unloved in imitation of Jesus Christ, the man unknown to his captors and torturers who crucified him out of lack of love. It is the shame with you. Your capacity for service will increase if you act out of love. Put love where there is no love and accept the fact you are and will remain unknown and unloved. In doing this act of love, speaking truth to power, think of Tank Man in tenan- Squares. Square. <laughs> Have a mental picture of him as you confront those in jertical tanks bent on destroying church community and Catholic doctrine. This love may require you to stay in community, with a devil on your left and a devil on your right, and you simply doing your duty. It is called Visible Presence Ministry, and we will devote much to this topic in a later writing. Your Visible Presence Ministry will accompany others in pain, placed in exile outside Catholic community, placed outside Catholic doctrine by clergy and staff. Do not leave. If you have left, come back in. Do not be ashamed or feel dirty. They will not know you as an individual that has left, although they know huge numbers have left. Just slip back in outside of Mass or in Mass and attempt to hang in the foyer in the back of church or sneak in the chapel if they let you or drive through the parking lot and just hang. It is a first step. You never have to go front and center and be visible. Take action. Option. Crucify that bishop. Learn how to protect Catholic community and doctrine. Projecting your voice, how you and your loved ones still have good planning choices in the Catholic Church when a lawsuit is not an option. Forward. Crucify the bishop, really? People never say that. Catholic life is difficult enough. People say, I do not need more controversy in my life. I just want to walk away from it all. The church, the faith, the troubles. The clergy and staff I have known will call the police on me for lesser reasons than me announcing we should crucify the bishop. One thing about crucifixion is that it is biblical and historical and a Catholic family tradition you will not get any lawyer or court of law offer you crucifixion as a crucifixion as an option well that is for sure stay tuned as we share our stories of mutual crucifixion ours yours and the bishops we will grow this forward as our stories grow one thing is for sure we have stayed in the church and have faith many in our family Our parish and diocese have chosen to leave and abandon the faith they have known since childhood. Oh, we suffer for sure, and we endure. But we do not just endure. We have moments of pure joy, the joy of life, and the joy of faith, the joy of knowing. We are living a life worth living inside the church, proclaiming truth, reliving suffering, and restraining malevolence. We convert. Come and see how we do it. In forced exile, outside the walls of our parish, we wander. Got to take a drink. Overture. The birth of the third millennium is upon us and is a time for the laity. It is a time for developing the lay vocation and lay spirituality, finding new pathways for conversion and evangelization, that you do not feel comfortable is to be expected and normal. Missionary work is not supposed to be comfortable. Consider the life of Mary being pursued by Herod, fleeing in self-exile to Egypt or or Bishop Barraga in Michigan. So we're just finishing up with page 10 and we're going on to page 11. Clergy and staff can be can find it difficult to accept the truth regri- regarding the order of importance in the new evangelization, in this extraordinary time of mission. The order of importance is this, truth must not be feared, even the truth about ourselves. So says John, St. John Paul II. Kicked Out of the Nest Our truth of separation and not communion, we have experienced what we would describe as their wants. The clergy and staff want political dominance and conversion to their form of spirituality and liturgy. These clergy and staff judge and exclude. This nest mentality in church leads to judgment exclusion. As Pope says, Christians must be on guard and avoid the temptation of thinking themselves better than others, an attitude that risks turning the church into a place of separation and not communion. Pope Francis said, And may God preserve us from the nest mentality, that of jealousy guarding ourselves in the small group of those who consider themselves good. The priest with his loyal followers, the pastoral workers closed in among themselves so that no one can infiltrate, the movements and associations in their own particular charism, and so on, he said. Truth helps. That truth about ourselves includes the truth about the order of importance. It is more important to be holy than it is to be a bishop, even the Bishop of Rome. This is a hard truth to accept. If you spent your entire life thinking the most important place for you to be is is as a member of the clergy or professional staffer of the clergy, and you pursued this goal all your life and guarded this idea, your treasured ideal pursued with all your strength, because this is true. Holiness is more important than being a bishop. Wow, how about that, guys? Holiness. Holiness is more important than being a bishop. Rome will never allow to exist a religious order of men or women whose sole professed charism is hanging around hospital delivery rooms seeking to claim every male born, claiming every male for priesthood. That has never been approved by Mother Church, and it will never be approved because it lacks an orientation towards the will of our Father. Test it. Ask your favorite church man or woman to seek approval from Rome for such an order to exist. As we laity come of age and accept more responsibility, we begin to see clearly more internal church governmental political Mechanisms, action, or inaction, we are maturing and beginning to see faults in our parental type leaders. Family squabbles are normal. it is a family tradition. Think of Moses and the golden calf. Think of the contested can- canonizations. these are official entertaining these are official, entertaining at times catfights between religious orders that lasted over a hundred years in some case involving other most orders, including the Franciscans, throwing mud at the other side, other orders' candidates and Dominicans' canonization or oppose can, canonization. Remind the forgive and forget clergy abuse to be healed. Cr- okay, hold on, now. hold on just a minute, guys. Remind the forgive and forget clergy abuse to be healed. Crowd about the sterling examples of our elder clergy state Statesmen fighting in church court for over a hundred years. Why do we squabble? To coin a phrase of Hank Williams Jr., it's just a family tradition. And are we not family in this huge church, this church of Jesus Christ? We are a family. Okay, we are on to page 12. Preserving good faith and fair dealing... Keep in mind, we ride for the Carmel brand. That means means we are informed and formed by the Carmel spirituality. This formation includes that of St. John of the Cross. This saint reminds us that the devil is just part of our problems. We have, for our purposes here, three enemies to overcome. The devil, the world, and the flesh. And I should have said this before I began that paragraph. So we're on page 12, and I'm reading under the title, CODA. So hold on, guys. My cat is 20 years old. He is crying, and he loves to sit on a warm lap. So until I get him on my warm lap, we won't have peace. All right, so we're going to go on to the second paragraph. When we classify the bishop as a devil in this contested era of the church history, church history, this simply means we are isolating only one-third of our troubles. In good faith, we have to admit that we, this is parentheses, we can mean those other than the bishop are at fault. That's in parentheses. Might be part of the problem and the world might be contributing to the trouble. So remember, what that is saying is that, I'm, I'm uh, digressing here. That is saying that, um, you know, priests don't necessarily always tell the truth to their, pri- to their bishop. Or maybe they um, omit things and don't tell him the whole story. And so he doesn't get everything. So you can't always be ready to crucify your bishop. He do- may not have all the information. So it may make him look bad but maybe he doesn't have all the information and also you know um you know he's he he is working with um fewer priests and so you know they may know that and they may the priest may you know be like you know well I don't have to tell him the whole truth you know what's he going to do get another priest well anyways so i mean those kind of things can be going on we we don't want to think that i didn't want to think that but they do go on okay Part, so we're going on to the third paragraph. In fair dealing, hold on, okay. Yeah, okay, pa- paragraph three. In fair dealing, we want to focus on the facts of the problem and avoid the thunder and lightning being interjected into the fight by these other enemies of our union with God's will. This means once you can say to those bringing you church troubles. I got it. The bishop is bad. Bad as a devil. Let's get beyond that to the facts of the case. What facts do you have to establish you have been wronged? Does the bishop have his hand in the cookie jar type of caught red-handed with Frankenstein fingers displayed in a photo? It is the same with us laity. When a long litany of epitaphs are told to the bishop that you and I are divisive, judgmental, dumb, stupid, have a devil in us, mentally ill, liars, haters. Say we are haters, that admission, that admission steals the thunder and lightning of the clergy and their staff crowd and allows the bishop to focus on the facts. Avoid emotion. Bishops can then say, hey, they admit they are haters for the purpose of this squabble now tell me do you have any photos of them with with their hands in the cookie jar bishop can simply say what are the facts in the in this instance of bad behavior now 9 times out of 10 the clergy and staff complaining about you will lack any bad behavior and just want to crank up emotions to achieve a personal control goal, so consider accepting the label hater. Jesus did. He accepted the label criminal. Jesus was put to death under their criminal code as a criminal. When you write your letter, you allow the bishop or his staff to simply forward it to the parish pastor or staff asking for a response and solution to your problem. If the parish clergy and staff respond and say, you are evil people, the bishop can respond and tell them, yeah, yeah, I know. They admit that. Now tell me, is it true what they say? Tell me how you respond to their photos, affidavits, and evidence. And let's get off the evil messenger bit and focus on the message. Is the message true or false? How How important is that, huh, guys? You know, how, you know, just, um, is the message true or false? Let's get down to the facts. Okay, going on to the next paragraph. When, oh, I'm sorry, this is the next uh, heading, and we're on page 12, and this says, Coda, Coda. We're at the bottom of page 12. Since they label us haters, we use the term, however, our chosen name is People of Determination. As Carmelites, we express determined determination. It is a popular term in the Arab-Israeli world of conflict. When discussions revolve around the special, we're going on to page 13, needs of the population, the handicapped, and developmentally disabled, those cultures both avoid the negative and use the positive, people of determination. I'm going to digress right here, guys. And that's what we, we prefer to call ourselves, even though in the community, um, in, in our church, we're called haters and um, because we speak up. Um, we like to think of ourselves in Carmel as people of determination. The Abraham, the Abraham Accords represent an effort by opposite sides in the family of humanity, the Arab and the Israeli, to seek peace, and goodwill now and forever. It is our hope that you love God, love church, love your bishop. You do not have to like him, but we are required by our Father to love him, and we do that best by sanctifying him. That does not rule out crucifixion, castration, or prison, depending upon the circumstances. But we assert you, your (laughs) adamant, addendum clause. I can't hardly speak, guys. Okay, addendum clause. In your civil lawsuits, reflect these many options brought to light through discussion with your attorney. So, uh, I get a little tongue-tied. I don't think God expects us to be perfect, but he does expect us to be faithful, and that's what I'm trying to do here, and I hope you guys, uh, I hope you guys uh stick with us because uh it gets better. All right, so now what we've done here, this is um we're actually going to show you how we write our letters. So this is um chapter run, chapter 1 and this is your first letter. So here is your first letter. And this is a series in a campaign that we are writing. We are and we are actually doing this. All of this we are doing and um approaching our bishop. Okay, so Here is your first letter, Stealing the Lightning and Thunder of Bad People. Tuesday, Wednesday, September 14th and 15th, 2021. Office of the Bishop, Bishop Earl Boyer, 228 Walnut Street, Lansing, Michigan, 48993. RE, Persian Messenger Syndrome, H.R. Burton, Inflammation response in body is evidence of infection. Dear Bishop Boyer, the most reverend, our prior requests are incorporated herein their entirety. History of requests, October 1st, 2021. This is our initial request. And we're on page 13. All right. Number one, R.E. What is the policy of the Lansing Diocese on the Persian Messenger Syndrome? A.K.A. Kill the Messenger. Have messengers been killed at our parish? Request dated October first, twenty 2021. In this initial letter, we introduce the concept of the syndrome, the how and why, pros and cons, touch on mice to elephants, and possible third party crankups. All right, number two, and so we go on to say what the next um, four letters are going to be about the topics. We're giving him the topics of what we're going to do in this campaign. So these are the next topics. Protect the voice of reason, October 1st, 2021 is restated here to be announced. Number three, RE, focus on the message, Franciscan murder of the cold shoulder to be announced. Number four. Preserved message with decompos- decomposition to be announced. Message and number five. R.E. Message will not be well received. Truth is confrontational to be announced. Okay, we're on page 13. Go into page 14. Oh, and there's another letter here. Um, number six. R.E. Do you agree with Pope Francis when he teaches nest mentality in church leads to judgment and exclusion, a bad thing to be announced. I need to get a drink here, guys. So this is um, a part of our um, actual letter. Now remember, guys, um, we offer this guide, but we can also help you uh, in doing this guide and get you started. Uh, we can help you with... Um, doing your own podcast or putting up a website. There's things that we can direct you to um, so that you can use your voice and be a voice for uh, a better church. You know, we are called to upbuild the church. All right. Today's request, this is part of the letter now, today's request to know, substantiative, Bishop, make me happy, R.E., Is it a commitment to the common good to notify the diocese, clergy, and staff there is a history of killing the messenger in the diocese through gossip? Today's action item, Bishop, R.E., no action, just hang on the cross. We will take care of the details. Today's action item, clergy and staff, R.E., look, behold your bishop, whom your sins have crucified. In any civilized society, there is some assumption of the risk of contact with an unpleasant situation, not arising to the level of a complaint, but unpleasant nonetheless. When at the mall, you assume the risk others will bump into you, brush past you, or stumble into you. It is the same in the church society. The problem that seems to be more prevalent in society is that simple relationships Friction escalates into hurt feelings and calling the police or a lawsuit. We feel, we feel this occurs when there has been a history, a lack of good faith, and fair dealing in the parish, complicated by a falsification of the structures of reality. In this series, we hope to show you how to establish clearer lines of communication and cooperation assuming you are working with devils and then deliver the devil from darkness dressing the devil in holiness. We assume you have been as laity labeled haters. We hope to establish a new pathway for haters to dress the bishop devil in holiness and take responsibility for the former devil bishop progressing to a miracle worker. We desire to accompany laity who have been labeled haters. Mice can appear as, as an elephant to your parish priest and staff, who are stressed, maybe due to the fact they are weak, marginal faithful that sought refuge and leadership within the church. These souls, once in power, will report to bishop and diocese officials an infestation of elephants destroying the church. Bishop's crucifixion has produced healing. These letters have impacted positively our parish community where staff have secretly embraced us and told us to keep doing what we're doing, but, they, but that they would be guilty by association so they would have to stay away, distance themselves from us. Clergy will not even make eye contact out of shame, hang their heads and not look at us in the eye because they know We know they have falsified structures of reality. That was page 14, and we're going on to page 15. We assume the bishop forwards these letters to our parish. We know this since the pastor will publicly state, do not write the bishop, come and see me, and we say, oh, sure, said the spider to the fly. I'm going to digress here. That actually happened to me. I was told by my priest to not write my bishop. It, you know, and actually he said this in a homily on a Wednesday night mass. Um, he didn't personally call me out, but he did say, um, "People don't write your bishops." And what is that telling the church? What is that telling the laity? Uh, you know, he, you know, and 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 this was after now. He, some people may say, "Well." you know, you should talk to your priest first, I did. I did on three very difficult occasions by myself. The whole staff was there. I was not alone with my priest, and uh, uh, it was very difficult. I tried to get masses said. That's what led me to this whole thing when I was in the end, because I couldn't get anything else done for, um, this mentally ill woman who, uh, uh, was fully sick and in the hospital, I couldn't even get Masses said for her. And that is definitely not our Catholic teachings. That is not teachings in the uh, church. Uh, Carmel, um, you know, to, to deprive someone of prayer is totally, absolutely, completely against our faith. All right, onward. So uh, do not leave the Catholic faith and the Catholic church. We have not done so, and it has worked out well, and we encourage you to stay and to re- or to return. If you have left, you have more options inside the church than outside. This is Catholic lay spirituality, which requires a three-legged stool. One leg is Christ, the second reason, and then faith. With these three, You can do much good and proclaim much truth. Wow, huh? That's just, I'm I'm digressing again. The three-legged stool. One leg is Christ, the second reason, and the third is faith. With these three, you can do much good and proclaim much truth. Amen to that. Okay. Thank you, Bishop, for your anticipated cooperation as we seek to inform ourselves about the governance of the Lansing Diocese and perfect the government. And then we sign it uh, the white rose. X D O L W D O L W 2, D O L W 3. C C Mer- Coalition. Annotation Go in baby steps. Problem State a clearly defined problem you have thought through solution state a clearly defined solution you have thought through okay so now um, we're finishing up that letter and uh you know just keep in mind that this is a guide and we're teaching you you may have your own flavors of how you would want to write but these this gives you like a template for how to write your bishop and state your problems without necessarily putting um a stake through your your bishop's heart. Summary, annotation: Bishop needs to hang on the cross. Do less, not more. Stand still, not run, not walk. Just accept that cross of our ex- existence through these letters. Therese, the bishop takes people. The Therese, the bishop makes people happy by hanging on that cross, doing less, not more even a lack of responding do you agree people are happy when they have been offered a voice that these letters offer others a voice and they say they have noticed changes after they have had their concerns made known in a letter even knowing the bishop may not even knowing the bishop may not read the letter and surely will not respond they do not care they have relief expressing through a voice the simple act of being offered a voice so, uh, you know, these answers are going to happen at the end of their questions. But, you know, stop and think about using your voice. When you use your voice, even if you don't get an answer, it releases so many toxins that are in your body, even if you don't get an answer. But what are you doing when you, when you uh, release your voice and set it out? Are you not planting a seed? Are you not And if enough people use their voice, if enough laity speak up, the things they don't like the church in the church, rather than walking out and throwing their hands up, but being there to support the family, to support the community of believers, what can one voice do? Then another voice, then another voice. So stop and think about that. Next question: Trace, is this too corny? The way we write? Too disjointed. Some of us, some of this is like a court jester, a fool for Christ. It is so painful for some that a jester, it seems, is needed to have a conversation along the borders of guarded territory about church abuse, sex, financial, and consequences. treese I feel I am putting five pounds of stuff in a one-pound sack. Are there too many concepts here? I try to let others see their favorite pet projects and ideas. Their pain has been mentioned. It is a public progression of prison diary, of pain, so it will not look like a novel. It is a witness literature that is penned on a battlefield where there is, we're going to page 16... Stench, where there is stench of death hanging over the land. It reminds me about the ending scene in the movie, All is Quiet on the Western Front, where their leadership feels no pain, sees nothing, smells no death, and the dying are laying all around the trenches of the common foot soldier, the ones our little Therese tried to protect from heaven. Therese, I feel I'm herding and hoarding cats in the hater community. These letters are from decomposing complaints and the feelings of pain expressed by good Catholics hurt by the church. So the word is torturous, full of twists and turns. Does it still feel okay? Will the many different Catholic cats see their individual hurt in the letter? Catholics reduced to the status of a stray, feral cat, kicked out of the way at the will of the pastor and fed at the pleasure of others. Conditions so that even the showing of a whip is enough to silence them. Therese, do you agree people are beginning to understand why the bishop may not be able to respond? Due to a mix of concepts, his multiple hats he wears, the many motivations to fire him, take him out of office, perceived deep pockets others want to get into their own needs. Will we, we will develop this more later. Therese, do you feel it is true that people have more options that they are not aware of the of within the church for grievance expression from our nag non adversarial grievance the nag using these letters to de- to administrate recourse to administrative recourse or a full penal process including request in letters for crucifixion castration denigration from clerical state. With the official request to read charges, the cleric under sentence was found guilty of raping the bride of Christ. Therese, do you feel we should develop more our do's and don'ts before you hire your attorney? We recommend do hire an attorney. Do ask him about requesting crucifixion, castration, denigration from clerical state and a finding of fact the cleric or staffer raped the Bride of Christ. Do expect your attorney's eyes to roll back in his head and say, we cannot do that in this lawsuit, even though these matters have history in church. Therese, do you feel it is important to be to the Catholic exile community to be offered a voice, expressing this Catholic history of voices, the voice of slavery, identifying clerics as slaves, to be in service to others? the voice that has expressed disgust over the rape of the Bride of Christ by a cleric under a sentence of denigration from clerical state to some lesser inclusive state. We have not covered many third party. We have not covered many things. Third parties stirring the pot, and we promise to do so in the next chapter. However, others manipulate a feeding frenzy denigration versus defrocking. Appeals to Rome, affidavits, sitting alternate alternate delegates on the council's pageantry of learning, creating your own events such as pilgrimages to a bad bishop, asking for healing of wounded Catholics. We will attempt to develop these in future installments should the bishop tolerate us a bit more and extend our life in exile a bit longer. Page 16. I'm running out of time, guys. I don't think I'm going to be able to finish it. So I'm going to stop here. Page 17 is where we'll begin on our next podcast. And I really pray to start doing this more frequently so that I get this information out. It's so important um, to hear these things. And to, um, to be able to express your voice is exhilarating. And, you know, you're doing God's work. You become like a missionary um, to upbuild the Church of Christ, and to stay, you know, to stay in your church, to to be unit to be unified with uh, other members of your church and in a community is so important. But more important is it that you receive the sacraments, you go to church, and you have a voice when you see something's wrong. You know, all we have to do is look at how deep the homosexuality, uh, corruption, uh, sexual abuse in in our Catholic church uh, got all the way to the top, how rooted it is within all our churches, and how um, important it is for us not to be silent, to use our voice, and um, to make a more, more robust church. So far, our bishop has allowed us to speak And we are thanking him and praying for him and praying for the Lansing Diocese. And we're praying for all Catholics everywhere, especially those who have left the church. So I'm now going to pray the prayer for the return of the non-practicing Catholics. O good shepherd, you never cease to seek out the lost, to call home the stray, to comfort the frightened and to bind up the wounded. I ask you to bring all our fallen away brothers and sisters back to the practice of the faith and to remove all obstacles that prevent them from receiving your abundant mercy, which flows sacramentally through the heart of your holy church. Through the intercession of Mary, the mother of God, their guardian angels, their patron saints, and the ever-prayerful St. Monica, may you pardon their sins and unshackle them from whatever hinders their freedom to come home. For you, O good shepherd, have loved us to the end and offered yourself to the Father for the salvation of all. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Thank you all. God bless you, and until next time.